Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's Calypso here. Uh, apologies for not being a part of this recent uh, Dead House Whispers episode. Work just has me destroyed, and my schedule is all kind of messed up. Um, so I apologize for that. Again, I should be with you this coming week. Um, but yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, I work at a theme park and it's crunch like a month pretty much because we're doing Mardi Gras and it's never ending. It's just the worst thing ever. So um, apologize, apologies for that again. Uh, but uh, Faceless Mike and Golden Zan and Bishop did a bang up job with this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Also, uh, sorry for the kind of late upload. Again, um, as the editor of these work just has me swamped, haven't really got around to being able to have time for it, but uh, I did have time for it now, finally. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. There is a magical operation of maximum importance. The initiation of a new aeon. When it becomes necessary to utter a word, the whole planet must be bathed in blood. Ah, yes. Welcome to Dead House Whispers. <laughs> Greetings, hello, and welcome to Dead House Whispers, the Dead House Sonata semi, not really, official podcast. And today I am joined by the ever knowledgeable Golden Zan. Salutations, everyone. And the one and only, uh, still checking his credentials, Doctor himself, <laughs> RX Bishop MD. Hello, hello, hello. And we just put our plugs here. Don't forget, for anyone that doesn't know, Dead House is an upcoming grim, dark horror setting—not horror game, but a horror setting ARPG that's free to play from Apocalypse Studios. The spiritual successor to the Legacy of Cain series, specifically Blood Omen Legacy of Cain. Just to throw that out there, so you can check it out at deadhousesonata.com. And you can follow myself at Twitter at The Faceless Mike. Follow Deadhouse the Game. And don't forget to go drop a follow to Mr. Golden Zan at Golden underscore Zan on Twitter. And you can follow RX Bishop MD pretty much everywhere, Bishop, isn't it? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. I've anywhere. got your Twitch link. Your Twitch link on screen is twitch.tv forward slash RX underscore Bishop underscore MD, but it's RX Bishop MD pretty much across all your social media. Yep, pretty much. Okay, so today we will beginning by starting with what was on the most recent stream for Dead House Sonata, which is, drum roll please. Tarot cards. Tarot, man, those, amazing. So for anyone that's watching, the first one that was revealed was a card called Dance Macabre, which will be a vampire specific class card. And it's basically that awesome move that you might have seen in previous uh, demo prototype footage where the vampire literally bounces from one character to the other, like just wrecking everything. And yeah, I, I really love the art style they've gone with those. Uh, Vert paint guys, they've, they've really outdone themselves on this. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Well, I think so. You you got to watch as well, Bishop Zan. I know you've been very busy with the World Anvil, but I know for a fact you've seen this already. Thoughts? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm not uh, very knowledge knowledgeable about art, but I know the dance macabre has something to do with uh, some old roots, uh, with history, uh, an artistic movement, and I think this this card is trying to go back to that. Oh yeah, it's definitely. I think the whole roots is the whole dance with death thing, which is mm -hmm. basically the cycle of life is always the dance with death. And uh, let's see here. I'm fairly certain if I have these right. I even have the two original concepts. And they're the both both are great. They're both great. I I like the style that like I said it on the other stream as well. And hello, Wyvern Timmer. Uh, said it on the other stream that I like the fact of the way the the you can't tell if it's a vampire or not. <clears throat> It looks like it could be a reaper, but it's clearly meant to be a vampire, but it's very non-distinct. Yeah, I think if you showed like the image to somebody and said, what is this creature? You're probably going to get all kinds of different answers. But we're prefaced with, hey, this is a vampire ability. Therefore, we're like, oh, that's clearly a vampire. Whatever, well, Tamer, there, I think that B could work for something that doesn't imply movement into the name. Yeah, B, they're both great paintings. They're both great, like works of art yeah but uh oh, yeah. but the final one that was used i de i definitely like that i think it's more the contrast i mean or a vampire wait. just is quite different from what we've seen uh i mean the, our main example here is lord soaring and lord soaring is already quite different than most vampires we get to see but this one i i don't know how to classify this thing you can see a very dark rim his eyes are are quite back on the skull and, but his his head has like uh, some uh, non attachments, uh, uh, protrusions on the sides there. Mm -hmm. Some something a little <clears throat> bit like Vorador with his ears, but less so. And I'm looking yeah. at it; it nearly looks more of like the anthropomorphic personification of death rather than mm -hmm. like it's just a vampire. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's super cool? It looks like he's it looks like he's like <clears throat> floating down, and like into her <laughs> for mm. a lack of a better phrase but rather than i don't know almost like from mist like you think vampires you think mist form in in a sense like coming out of mist there's one safi there i love that both imagery display the victim surrendering and in awe it's almost like they're seduced into death yeah I'm I'm looking forward to now. You see, <clears throat> here's where we get into mild spoiler territory. I've I've gotten a look at what might be coming next, but then again, everything is always open to interpretation. I love this style. This is the style going forward. There will be variations. Apparently, I've been told by the guys that work in the art department, like there will be variations, mild variations based on class. So you mm -hmm. can probably expect, for example, wraith being the more floaty, essential, magical tint tit, whereas the vampire one is very more visceral and dark. But the imagery and the style of imagery will always be the same, you know? Do you, do you think, like, in the case of the vampire, do you think every card that we get um, obviously may not necessarily have a vampire on it, but do you think every time we see a card with a vampire, it'll be a different-looking vampire, or will they maybe keep the same no i i think art. they'll all be different i don't think you're even going to see like a vampire as a character in most of them i don't even think this is technically a vampire i'm not too sure the way i'm seeing it is they're trying to represent the action 
Mm, rather sense. than the creatures. So for example, a ghoul one for feeding, let's say, it might necessarily be a ghoul eating, it'll be something being consumed. You know? And I imagine the more <clears throat> unique cards are going to have some specific characters, uh, the ones that well, few people are going to see, things like that. When they come to cosmetic stuff, then they're going to show up uh, specific individuals. But before that, yeah, I think something more general. Wyver Tamer, yeah, the heightened contrast in A makes it so that the painting feels more active. <clears throat> it implies more movement with the hair as well, very much so. Yeah. Um, I think then B is bleaker, makes things slower. I think of um, like comparing them side by side. If in B, if her hair was red, it could almost be like a before and after take if the sword was the same or something like that. Be, be pretty cool. Just pulling this up now, I'm going to get the... I'm going to get the more highlighted version. So if we get this, because this is what Scara here is talking about. Mm. with the light on it I know many people said it makes no sense but here's the thing it could be moonlight that's exactly what it's meant to be it's meant to be like that like the action so if it was entirely in shadow it would mean nothing but that's what I yeah. gather to be moonlight I just love the detail on the character it's like how do I get that mask I need that mask man <laughs> I think I think the reference the reference about the light was about the red on his face yeah it the was... reflection it's it's implied obviously we can say well maybe it's off the sword or maybe it's from blood or something like that but it was more of a here's a you thing can, you to can make clearly it see it like along here like the <clears throat> like if this is the color of the character and you see here it's darkened obviously by shadow and then the red reflection is the light bouncing off what we're assuming to be blood you know yeah yeah looks like a rapier but far too long to be one yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, it's got the I hilt. didn't even realize. Is that the it's same? It's got the hint, hilt of a rapier, but it's mm -hmm. not. I think they went with a different hilt for the yeah. final one, and then this is that's, just like yeah, that's standard not the same, sword. That's not the same <laughs> same sword in the uh, previous picture. Scar is saying there, reflection from the red hair, perhaps. No, because the hair is behind there. If you yeah. look at what's facing the character, it's definitely that. As a Wyford Tamer says, the red on his face is a highlighting trick artists use, as James said. It doesn't need yeah. to have an actual source. Yeah. Right, exactly. <clears throat> but it's interesting. It, it looks way more sinister. What is that thing on her hand? It looks like a, some kind of glove that attaches to the fingers, or or is that just... I think that's part of her shawl. So it'd be like if she had one of those ones, but it comes around, let's say, here and attaches mm -hmm. via, you know, onto the one finger on the hand mm -hmm. type Looks thing, pretty... maybe around the thumb and all. It's just because you see here the way she's got like this dress type situation going on. Mm -hmm. I like it. Like overall, <clears throat> I love that. I want these. I want the real ones. Like, you know, the hard, <laughs> the physical hard versions because well, like, I... they will be a fun collectible. Dennis said, if you're going to do art for cards, make it amazing and yeah. when when they showed these i'm like this blew me away i expected like fancy looking art sure but like <clears throat> fancy looking kind of like gilded cards of some some sort just something some kind of design and stuff like that and then when we saw that bishop i don't even expect goth bishop expecting goth Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, kind of, kind of, yeah. Like, I didn't expect this, and then to think, oh, well, there's other cards, and they're going to have similar art. Like, it just kind of racks your brain a little bit to think, what could it look like from here going out? Like, the bar, is, the bar is set way high, I think. Well, from what I can gather with the whole team that's working on them, because it's not just, like, one person. There's a lot There's a lot of work getting done here. Um, yeah, this is the standard. I think that was part of the tease of this, about, like, explaining the tarot system and then showing the cards, was to show, yeah, this, this is the standard. This is yeah. how we're going forward. Mm-hmm. I'll be disappointed if we don't see some very gory images in some cards. Oh, I'm sure we will, based on some of the fan art. <clears throat> it's going to be amazing. I do like where they're going looking forward. Now, I'm going to try pull up another one here because we were, myself and Zan, were looking at some of the other artwork and I have some of the stuff from Vertpaid itself. So, you might recognize this chap, mm -hmm. my favorite. <laughs> so, I had a theory. I was looking down through some of this art, right? Yep. Some beautiful art. These guys have done, the, the team has done amazing work on it. But let's take a look here. All right? You're all familiar with this. You know who this is? Lord Zori. Yep. <clears throat> Did you know, Bishop? Yes, I know yes, you're still yes. catching up with a lot of lore and stuff like that. There's, I was like, most of the main years characters worth I know. <laughs> it's like the odd, the odd kind of characters that I'm still getting familiar with. I get tripped up on the obscure one, like uh, <clears throat> the Gaztak's real name or his human name, not real name. That's a bad word for it. Do you remember off the cuff, Zan? I know where to look for it, but. No. <laughs> you see, we're, we're all still learning, Bishop. There's a, there's a mountain of this stuff whenever we go through. Like, when I read it in the Necro Liberitas, I know who they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I get tripped up. I can never remember it. So here's my theory. <clears throat> this is the spiritual successor to Legacy of Cain. If Dennis got to make this the way it was, that's Cain. That's Cain a century later. Forget oh, yeah. Soul Reaver, forget all the rest of it. If he got to go with the story the way he was wanting to go, that's Kane. It's so hard to forget Soul Reaver. Could be. Because no. <laughs> the design of the character, the way he's starting to take on more Vorador-like looks, but he still has that attitude that Kane would have had. Especially the grandioseness. That, and I just love that armor set. I want that armor set. <clears throat> if I can't get that in game as a cosmetic, I'm going to be very disappointed. I like the points in it very much, especially on the glove on the left. I wonder, I imagine the left hand is mostly for melee attacks and the right one, what does he do? He uses his magic uh, or manipulates the sword. Uh, but I really like the spikes. See, I would think it would be the other way around. The right hand yeah. would be for holding the sword and the left hand because having the armor on the left hand could be almost like a type of guard. It could also be used to, if it's made out of particular metals or maybe things in them, it could be used to channel magic or essential yeah. stuff. Plus, you don't normally <laughs> see left-handed uh, characters. There we go. There's more. Lucian Army. You see, what got me there is... The hair 
the long white wispy hair. I was like, that's Kane. Now maybe I'm looking into it too much. But that's, that's how fair. I like that's very things. easy to do. It, it gives him the impression that he's extremely old. Uh, yeah, Lucian oh, Army yeah. was the name of Nagastak before he turned. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Did you have to look that up or did you remember? I know I had to look it up. <laughs> I'd have to do the same. Now we're going to be embarrassed by this like years down the line when we're doing a lot more Deadhouse stuff. But yeah, it's trying to remember everything. There's a lot. Dennis there is a lot. Every time I look at something else, right a lot. <laughs> You're saying, Bishop? I was like, there is a lot. Every time I like, I find something. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It just opens a whole new page of stuff that I'm like, wow. It just gets deeper and deeper. Just like yes, it's true. The, and what he has on his belt. Sorry, go on. Zach. Right. No, this was one of the things I was going <laughs> to ask you about. I opened up the stream uh, on Wednesday for a little bit, and I noticed that the Baron's head was showing up as one of the trinkets mm -hmm. that you'll be wearing on your body for uh, something like that. And I, I saw a reference at some point to this image and uh, yep. the belt. What happened? Uh, what was that about? So, to be fair, they didn't want to put it in this as spoiler, I basically. See. <clears throat> but uh, as you can see, there would be what would be a space in this area mm -hmm. where Baron Eric's head would be hanging. He's attached so there. So the idea being uh, the Baron was killed by Zoran and Zoran wanted to punish him. So he brought his head back to life and basically granted him a form of immortality that he can't die and keeps him at like at a hand's length to torture him that's so rude by never letting him rest and then he will be the one that whispers things to you and says things so the cosmetic item will be constantly talking to you anyone that's familiar with uh, two human or such and then that trope has been that trope's been used a lot over the years in movies and stuff like that like dennis quoted hellboy as a prime example where he goes into the crypt and he's trying to look for something and he brings back one of the dead guys and the yeah. dead guy's like giving out to him i think it's in russian or something is like just let me rest there's um, there's quite a few video games that use it too oh yeah like uh god of war i think recently used it in the exact same way that dennis done with yep. Namir. Like doing um, that. Thing, uh, what's that one? Um, the one where you're a cheerleader and she has her boyfriend's head. Yes, lollipop chainsaw. Lollipop chainsaw. There we go. <clears throat> yeah. So that's that's the idea behind it. But he's, from what I can gather, he's tortured. But they don't want to go too dark with that one because uh, Baron Eric is kind of going to be the comic relief. To juxtapose really? like the serious dark bits <laughs> so like okay. you know if zorn was hiding somewhere sneaking in you know he'd be the one roaring he's over here he's hiding <laughs> run that is so funny <laughs> kind of ruining it like we're almost getting into deadpool levels of comedy but when you're getting something so serious there always is that juxtaposition of having the the comedy character you know you know just seeing their head on a rope so, it's Eric, yes, not Alaric, Eric. I had to clarify that to make sure because I remember making assumptions back in the day and I was wrong. There is no connection between Baron Eric and Alaric. Hmm. 
so Zorin carries his head in the story all the time with him, essentially. Or was this for just so Zorin uh, carries around uh, the Baron's head all the time with him in the story, or uh, that's going to be the start of it, and then we don't know if there's some reason why maybe he gives it to you or whatnot because it is a reward for uh, the higher tiers. I think is it Legacy Scholar or something? I think so. Mm -hmm. Legacy and above. I did ask. Yeah, Legacy and above. Yeah. Above, you do get the co it as a cosmetic item. He said there but, was kind of no crazy story explanation why everyone, all these people would have it, but yeah, and that was so something I was wondering. Yeah, so that's the kind of the way they're they're going with that one. But that doesn't uh, mean there can't be. And it's interesting that they revived the Baron. Well, Lord Zorin revived the Baron's head and not turned him immortal before cutting off his head. That's curious. As in, Maybe he did. Do you... I don't know the exact details of it, though. I see. <laughs> There's Scara. Uh, love lollipop chainsaw. <laughs> it, was, it was a really fun game. I, de I definitely think, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still caught with the whole, this is Kane. That just came to me I... as a revelation. I thought they were going a different way. We were like, hmm, why weren't Tamer? Alas, poor Eric. I knew him well. Well, not really. <laughs> I think you're right on that, Faces. I think Dennis has mentioned many times that if he were to continue working on Kane, it would be something akin to Lord Zorin. He really likes the character, Zorin, even though he identifies very much with the Revenant, Nagastek particularly, uh, because of his search for truth and all that, even though the Revenants are not so focused on that, but still. Oh, yeah, they're, def they're definitely the way it would have went, but like... Yeah, he he could. Dennis clearly favors the Gaztac, like that's because mm -hmm. you know the founder of Dead House. You know he is the Gaztac. He founded Dead House. That's kind of the way on the story on the story front. But like he did create Cain, so there's always dives, that certain love. It dives you know? into a little bit of Soul Reaver because I don't remember Cain having a throne in um, Blood Omen, but every time I see that image of Nagastek sitting on his throne. It immediately reminds me of Kane's throne in Soul Reaver. At the end of the Blood Omen, there are two endings, right? There's no, that's no spoiler. And uh, mm -hmm. if you pick the bad ending, uh, Kane sits on a throne in front of the pillars. Okay, I think that's what I that's, couldn't. I couldn't remember if he sat on the throne or if, like, the pillar just crumbled and stuff like that. I think it crumbled, and then there was a, a hovering camera around him, and he was sitting on the throne drinking from a cup. Is that right, Faces? Yes, we must have played it's, more uh, it's Kane sitting on the crumbled pillars okay, with yeah. the skeleton of uh, the the demon that took over the Necromancer Mortanius. And it's kind of like that rib cage thing with the skull on top. And he's sitting drinking from a chalice of blood. And he says, Vorador was right. We are gods, dark gods. And he gives this whole speech about it, and we might, it is our job to thin the herd and gives this whole prophetic speech about it. Yeah, of course, I picked the bad end. <laughs> I, I never noticed that thing about the ribcage. That's cool. I, I actually never thought of the demon, mm. demon's bones. Yeah, That's cool. and then Dennis going spilling beans again. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh during the stream that was like oh yeah we're gonna have like giga house and and we're gonna have demons demon house and an angel house and I'm like mm, okay 
<laughs> didn't know anyone was allowed to say anything like that but okay we'll roll with that well oh, the demons are fairly obvious for at least an enemy anyway because like you know there's that artwork although speaking of artwork considering you both roll team lich i felt it would be pertinent to jump over while we're talking about dancing with death and different styles of artwork are you familiar with this yeah sure i remember, I remember seeing these I haven't looked at them in a while since we saw the uh, like final. I forgot these existed. These are the Lich ones. Here, Scarra, he mentioned angels once before. Yeah, Scarra, but when he mentioned something in passing in an after party versus on a stream, <laughs> you know, uh, this, I think it gives a lot more flavor to the way the Liches go, because I know a lot of people... A lot of people coming into things new will have seen the official artwork and won't have seen like the iterations, the prototypes and the different variations on things from different angles and all that the vert paint guys are doing. Because this will give you an idea on to what way you'll be creating your classes. So considering you both roll Team Lich, go talk to me. <laughs> well, go, you go first, Bishop. I'm, I'm torn. Like, it is like kind of what you're saying. Like, we have the final artwork. We're like, cool. And these are perfect examples of the customization that um, we can probably expect. So you're going to see some wildly, hopefully wildly different um, things. And I like out of all three, if I had to pick one, I think the first one is kind of uh, like number two is kind of like overpowering, like how I'm the best. Well, number one is kind of like a sneaky, kind of a shady, kind of looking, kind of looking lich, and I kind of like that. <laughs> what about you? Uh, honestly, I the lich, even though I I like its story very much, I like the fact that it is it, its entire being is about truth and magic and all these these sorts of things. Uh, visually, I think it is the one that has innovated the least in comparison to all the other classes. All the other classes are very different. Like the ghoul, you, you've never ever seen a ghoul like that. Most ghouls in games are just uh, a person that looks a, a little bit dead or, and old and yeah. with elongated arms, like that. Maybe uh, just on, on this one, Yeah, on, on that house, the ghoul is absolutely amazing. It's one of my favorite freaking concepts. Uh, oh, we'll, the lich. We'll, 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 get, we'll get to him in a minute, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Lich is a little bit more cliche. Not that this is wrong, necessarily. I'm just saying that you have, you, you, we have seen this in other, in, in other stories. Uh, yeah. Many people made connections with the Nazgul from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, maybe they could be classified like Liches, I don't know. A lot of but people I, be familiar with them from like World of Warcraft or other like MMOs and fantasy games. You know, it's a very common character. Yeah, Lich. So, Liches and, fall uh, into a weird category. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, that's I'll okay. Say. That's okay. Um, I was, I was hoping to see some more magical manifestations in his being, in his clothes, in the way he moves. Uh, I believe I mentioned even on that house whispers before. I even picture one of my first liches uh, in fan stories as not having even a head and just putting his phylactery in his place just to give him a different feeling of uh, a different yeah. kind of creature. Right? And uh, I agree with Bishop. Number one here it seems more sneaky. Number two, because of the camera perspective, looking from below, makes the lich seems overpowering, stronger, taller. 
uh, it's a different kind of feeling than I was expecting visually from it, but I like it still. I, I, I just really like the style in which it's done. Like, I know some of the people were going on with the whole thing. Oh, it's very similar to like Lord of the Rings, but I only got that from one slight image and that's one yeah. you'll see here. And that's kind now, of where I was going to go. Like where you mentioned liches are, are, these are less innovative. I was going to say they fall into a weird category. I think like if you go one way too far, you end up with a race. And if you mm -hmm. go the other way too far, you end up with almost what the vampires are looking like. Mm -hmm. So, and you kind of just said it. I was going to ask you, yeah. was like, how would you maybe change it, or what would you like to see? Or, but yeah, that's why we never said the Nazgul. The Nazgul are more wraiths, though. True, true. Uh, with the with these, I get the more sense of what Zan was saying with the with the magical sense, especially when we get the the second one there with the book. Yeah. Once you start adding artifacts like that, it really, I think, changes the whole perspective. I was thinking if you were to make this more magical, one of the first characters to look into would be the nameless <clears throat> lich in, in the Off Liches one that mm -hmm. Alaric finds in the forest. is basically described as a mummified corpse floating about uh, like, a, like a puppet being controlled uh, by a puppeteer and uh, by hold, being held by strings and it, it's its joints all uh, dry and, and moving in weird angles in weird ways precisely because the lich isn't really living in his body he's controlling it from afar so um, i imagine things like that that would be cool to see like an arm kind of like floating suspended with like strands of magic holding it in yeah like that that'd be, that'd be super cool yeah, that's what I kept wondering. Do Lich walk or do they just kind of float ethereally? Maybe there's different stages to being a Lich. I don't, I don't see why they first be transform into one from like ascend, shall we call it, from their human form. Are they still like mostly human, just dead? And then over time, they become less physical and more magic and essential, you know? I think that's the case. We. The story, the lore we have available makes it clear that the point in which a person becomes a lich is when their soul is transferred, is transferred to a phylactery. Uh, so it's essentially when they make uh, an essential transformation, right? But they have to do it through magic. So it's kind of weird, it blends together. And I imagine <clears throat> that depending on how you specialize your character, your character will have different ways of moving and behaving. Uh, for example, if you are a lich more focusing in physicality, you'll probably be moving more like a normal human. And if you mm. are more, more magical, you, you'll be behaving something different like that character from Of Liches 1. I keep wondering, is the character from Of Liches similar to this one, or is this a completely separate guy altogether? I would say if it is the same, there it's in two different eras. Right. So like this seems more of a dominating, powerful one while the other mm. one sounds much older or falling apart. Yeah. I love the imagery that it shows here. So for anyone listening, it's a lich. You will need to look that up because with everything, Deadhouse has actually gone its own unique route. 
so like trying to describe it like the vampire it looks like a vampire but it's not a vampire from like most common stuff the same would be for a ghoul as zan described it is a very mm-hmm. much a bestial monster same with our lich here if you imagine a necromancer that died a few centuries ago <laughs> fused into his armor <clears throat> like some kind of twisted battle mage standing and the, the helm you see, you can't even tell. Is that a helm or is that his head? You know? Yeah. But anyway, I love the imagery here where they use the souls of humans or living creatures to fuel their magic. And you've got the guy here and then his, like literally his being being drained from him. I hadn't noticed that before. The face, the face floating hmm. in front of him or her. Oh, no, that's clearly a him. But yeah, that's... Like the level of detail on it is beautiful. Yeah, it's so cool. Now we need to know what is he singing from that book? Oh. So that's what you're going to be rolling main, yeah? Initially. 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 We're all gonna get anyone else. We'll all we'll all be rolling all the classes. I'm not gonna lie. Like like, uh, like I'm main vampire, but I will be rolling one of everything. I think it like I'm definitely gonna as soon as the lich is available, I feel like anything that comes before, I'm just gonna like, okay, I'm done. But it will ultimately come down to gameplay and what just feels good and is really fun. Um so who knows? <laughs> Wyvern Tamer. White, 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 yes. White being the other class, the weird biomechanical, although less mechanical, not really bio. Necromechanical? Uh, I don't know. How do we describe a white, Zan? You're, you're the expert here. A uh, frac- uh, Frankenstein's monster, probably. Um, yeah. That is an agglomeration of me. Far, far more fair assessment lord scara initially we don't know what's being released first we expected dennis has mentioned this before he might have changed that the first three classes available in the first stage are going to be the vampire the revenant and the lich Mm -hmm. and since then i've heard only just one being being the vampire we've we've got our ones here of as you were mentioning the ghoul yeah. We've got our iterations here. Ghoul is, I think, out of all of them, the ghoul is the most terrifying. Indeed, quite terrifying. And also like one of the most one. innovative of them. I, li- I like this one. A. Just something about that. And then there. Jeez. For anyone yeah. that was unsure. I think this is the concept art that I have stared mm-hmm. at the longest. I wonder what kind of skill allows them to transform organic material like that to be able to create this den that they live in. I'm just wondering, is this like what happens when it eats everything and this is the remains? Like they're kind of sitting in their own trash. Because like if you notice, I don't know how many people looked up close. There's another ghoul here holding something. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one here in the background. It looks like about to pounce out. I never even yeah. noticed. I never even noticed the other ghouls, because <laughs> there's rarely ever just one. You might find one. Alaric just catches one, but that's not to say there was only one. 
No, every time you say this is the concept art, uh, this is the concept art uh, that only the only one that features more than one of the classes. Yes, it's true. true. Every other concept only shows one individual. In here, we have three, and it makes me wonder whether that means the goal is more of a pack hunter or more cooperative than other classes. Mm -hmm. No, I could see that. I could see the ghoul being the Zerg Rush class. Yeah. They might, they'll, they'll cause high damage, but they could be vulnerable is the wrong word. Um, it would be... They would probably be the more easier killed class yeah. solo. But if you had a few ghoul, I do think that they would be an unbelievable force to be reckoned with. Like we joke the idea, the quickest way to deal with the city, you know, just get the revenants to launch a few ghouls over the walls <laughs> and just just let uh, uh, not so much nature, but uh, death take its course. <clears throat> it would be cool to see like pack skills, right? So like if you're with another ghoul or two other ghouls, like some of your skills either get like a, a percentage boost or something based on how many ghouls you're with. Yeah, like a sy like synergy abilities or something. Yeah. Like, I would hope that would be the same across all the classes, but the ghouls specifically with other ghouls. I I do think that they will be going that route. And what we have here, if I share this one now, is the different iterations we've got for the faces. Yeah. There's some really good ones there. I do like this. It gives you a real idea as it says, oh, there's our armor boy. One of the most interesting aspects to me of the goals is that they're all blind. Uh, they have this tissue in front of their eyes, or or if their eyes show up, it is, uh, each they, seems to be they're blind. Physic yeah, their eyes are just physical in nature. They don't do anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. they Some of them even different. put armor in front of it. Yeah. That's, I love the idea. Absolutely horrifying. Look at those teeth. There's multiple rows of teeth in there. Like a shark. Yeah, I'm just dying to see how these characters roll in game. I think, I think it's fascinating that some of the armor is like attached with just nails driven in. Leg nails! Like, Leg nails. That's where it came from. Like, the ultimate I think accessory. It, it shows it shows the like mentality of the ghoul because the ghoul's not thinking it's thinking hey i, I want to eat but survival instinct says hey maybe i need to kind of protect myself but i don't know how to do that here's a nail here's a, here's a piece of metal <laughs> just stab it on there yourself. must be some form of intelligence to the ghouls considering they willingly are joining dead house so that's what I want to know. Where does their intellect go? Yeah, they are pure hunger made flesh, but like to join Deadhouse, there must be something to them, right? There, there has to be some sort of self-control, right? Or else they would just try to literally eat everything. Like, oh, don't eat them because they're on our team. So I'll go eat these people instead. <laughs> People sitting chewing on the side of a wall. <laughs> The intellect comes from the spirit, says Wyvern Timber. Yes, I I believe that's right. I mean, I mean, maybe more specifically, the merge between the spirit and whatever individual 
there was before. If if they get to keep anything in the transformation process. Well, that's the other one, right? Uh... They talked before about the lich. This is the only class that make themselves, but not really. Don't the ghouls go through a ritual to become a ghoul? It has to commit some type of cannibalism, but I'm assuming there's some ritual or something involved there. It's not just base cannibalism. Yeah, but the ritual is essentially the appearance of, of the spirit of hunger coming to the body and merging with it slowly. So it, it, it has a third party, uh, an external being associated mm. with the transformation, unlike the Lich. Wyvern Tamer is saying, if someone can communicate on the essential plane, then they can communicate with the ghoul. Ah, I see now. So in the physical realm, it means nothing. But on the essential they would actually be able to communicate with it like it is something. That's a good point. That well, that so would be Jack said that any amount of cannibalism opens the door, then the spirit initiates. Ah, that makes sense. So so would um I've I've two thoughts. One, does that mean a ghoul is if you're playing as a ghoul, it's very ravenous in the physical, but then is more intelligent in the um, essential, meaning maybe there's some sort of play there, different mechanics, mm. um, which would be fascinating. And then the second thing is, if any kind of cannibalism opens the door is and the spirit initiates the ritual to start the ghoul transformation, mm. is that then based on the will of the person to consume as much possible? As or, Dennis would say, both great questions. Because they can, <laughs> they can obviously finish the ritual, meaning they satiated the spirit, or they can fail, basically dying. I don't think they can. I think it's a case of when they commit cannibalism, as Wyvern Timber point there, Jack said, any amount of cannibalism opens the door and the spirit initiates the ritual. I think once this, once this other spirit initiates said ritual, there is no satiating the hunger. That is them then the goo. Well, I mean enough enough to complete the uh the joining is what I mean. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they can fight it off. I think it's like some kind of weird exorcism situation. It uh, might be. I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna have to wait and see a little bit, but the the lore page for the goal says that if they fail to consume enough food the spirit may just abandon the body and then the person is going to be deformed and incapable of sustaining itself. So I imagine the person will die uh, depending on the level of transformation. I don't really know. I'm going to have to wait and see. And, and that's um, where it shows some sort of will on the um, individual. It, it might. Yeah, it, it might depend on his will or it might just simply be, is there enough food? for you to sustain yourself to, throughout the transformation. Because if there isn't, it, perhaps it, it would, could fail like that. Hmm. And uh, Wyvern Tamer is citing here that part, for the act of cannibalism is an invitation to a ravenous spirit that covets the flesh. But for those who partake of the flesh of their own kind, a door is open and a ritual begun. And there's more. Uh, are you still typing it, Wyvern? <laughs> <laughs> Any cannibalism begins the ritual. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah. the part. Initiation. So I think it was also talked about like ghouls having two different um, sets of, so two different sets of ghouls, 
kind of like what you were saying, faceless, you could have people that could just choose to become cannibals and potentially start that. And then others that are forced. Yeah, and I wonder why someone would want to become such a, a horrible creature <laughs> and go through that painful yeah. transformation. That I don't know. As a matter of fact, I wonder, do the ghouls even feel pain? With their exposed Not, flesh and like that? I don't think they do in the way we consider pain. I believe they only feel pain in the sense of like hunger, longing, want. Mm -hmm. You get me? Yeah. And then moving swiftly along from our, uh, as a cult, and the answer is cults. Oh, okay. <laughs> moving swiftly along to our next brethren. I could see that ghouls being some sort of like God, like looking as them as God and some sort of ascension. Yeah, that's this a nice like way to look at it. This is like a slow transformation here from <laughs> physical to complete. I'm a big fan of the Wraith too. They that's that's my secret second class thing, I think. It's either between Revenant or Wraith, but I do like the kind of assassin powers like idea of the Wraith, especially with the of Wraiths radio. Yeah. Speaking mm -hmm. of which, anyone, uh, you can check out on deadhousesonata.com. They have nearly, over the next two weeks, they will have all, but nearly every one of the radio plays up uh, to listen to as podcasts that are available on Spotify and anywhere where you can download such things, as well as all of them, bar one, we're waiting on shortly, are also available on their YouTube channel. Mm. <clears throat> now... Wraiths, tell me, thoughts. <laughs> this is my third class pick. For why? Why? Uh, well, whites are my second. Yeah, and but that's care. not why, though. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm trying to stay away from, I'm staying away from vampires only because, except for initially, hmm. um, just because they seem like a common choice. Banshees, I don't know how I feel about yet. Um, but oh, they kind of... <laughs> I know. But so liches are kind of like, I like the idea of the magic wielders and stuff mm. like that. And the wraith is just kind of like what I said a little bit ago. You push the liches one direction a little bit too far. And obviously, not lore wise, I don't mean it like that. But you go a little step farther and they're essentially wraiths. So they're kind of similar. That's why. Exactly. Mm -hmm. For me, wraiths. Uh... Well, I always like to play in every game when available a rogue class or more assassin type character. And oh, yeah. in the beginning, in Dead Hells, I thought the Banshee was going to be an assassin. Uh, right now, we found out she's more supportive. She uses more magic and her voice uh, more so than anything. The Wraith is more our assassin. And uh, that's why I wanted to get to know the Wraith before they got the reveal. And they shown the Wraith and I really liked him. And it seems that his main way of striking is by connecting, tethering people with his chains and things like that. And I'm not sure how that translates into assassination, but I'm curious to see it. And Don't think of the chains as physical. That's yeah. how it works into assassination. It's not like Hellraiser where like a chain just flies out and hits someone. It's more of uh, hooking their soul from their I... body with a chain and dragging it away. Yeah, I agree. And especially 
in the story we have of, uh, I believe, yeah, in of Wraith's one, the Wraith that shows up connects the two guards and then just executes a, a single strike that hurt them both equally in the same way, all in the same spots, like a thousand cuts, uh, ripping off their skin uh, at the same time. Or, or yeah. it seems so from the description. And and I imagine this is what he will be doing mostly. He will be flying around the battlefield, making connections to people, creating these uh, ethereal chains, uh, and just pull them all together, <laughs> ripping people's bodies. I don't know. That's kind of like it feels. And... If that's the way it does go, I'm going to love Wraith. Uh... It's interesting, <laughs> right? And uh, it's different from what we usually imagine the archetype of a sneaky character going backstabbing people. And I, I want to check it out. I want to see what they've done with the assassin. Funny lore story. That was the name of a metal band I was in many, many years ago. <laughs> just to throw, oh. just to throw that in there, that little connection to Deadhouse. <laughs> and of the designs that you showed before, I think I like the one, the fourth one, which had uh, sight-like oh, shoulder blades. This one that they went with has that pain halo behind him, uh, around his head. I like the fourth version the best, which they kind of four, combined. Yeah, them. four, four, and I like four and five, mm -hmm. just because, like, even back in the day when I used to play like World of Warcraft and stuff like that, I liked the warlock look, that kind of theory, you know. Mm -hmm. As a wyvern tamer. My theory, you put them through your transformative torture in a few seconds. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to them, although they'll be a little further down the line. Yeah. <laughs> they'll definitely be one I'll be rolling, though. I'll be playing quite a bit of that. And while we're on the topic of which ones I'll be playing as well, I'm waiting for Wyvern Tamer to get all freaked out and excited here now. <laughs> Before I knew the Wraith was an assassin and I thought the bench was, I was making a thread on the forum uh, imagining what kind of skills she would have that will resemble a rogue-type character. I, I eventually ended up erasing it and started doing some research on the Banshee to see if I could find something that uh, made a connection between the lore and the skills. And that's when I came up with the the research for for the banshee. Okay, and the white. Here's our white. We've got our few pictures there. There's our concept. <laughs> There's our final. We'll be coming to that in a minute. But the alt designs, these I found very interesting. I actually like the alter designs more like so than I like legs. the final one. This will be like very interesting. With how this works yeah. especially slender man here yeah that i think that's that's probably one of the most fascinating ones to me like everything else kind of makes sense but the slender one is the one that um i understand the idea and the concept but it'd be cool to see it in actual practice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i really like the idea of uh, mixing mechanical parts with the body of the white that's why i liked one of the earlier designs the most <clears throat> I just keep seeing the three stooges here, Curly, Larry, and Mo. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
is there only one head or the other two vestigial? Is the one, it the one in for the, appearances or is it just to keep an eye on everywhere? The one in the middle definitely seems like it's the one in control. Or are they all part of the one? Is it just like one mind because it's one thing, but then it can see out of all the eyes and as it talks, it's talking out of all of them at the same time? I would assume it's all one, yes, but the one in the middle definitely looks like it's the uh, one in control. <laughs> I suspect the consciousness is not actually stored in one of the heads. I think it is stored inside no, that definitely chamber. Definitely in here, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You can see that this actually was taped onto something before, and then you can see it's been torn out and installed in this physical body. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there are more heads behind those, because they put three there. Why not more? <laughs> yeah, like you said, your lich can have no head. Your white can have four or five. There's no limit to it. But as you said, the example for the white now, this being a hulking abomination, very similar to Frankenstein's monster, only taken to the extreme, where the body is just an actual vessel. The thing itself is the embodiment of essence and it is contained within, we don't want to call it a phylactery. What's the word that was used? Artifact? Artifact, yeah. Wyvern Timmer asks, am I the only one who doesn't mind the fact that they lost the mechanical? I think many people are quite satisfied with the way that uh, the body of the white is currently. But I also believe that the way that it is customizable in the game is precisely by changing parts. And I think that for him to be the most versatile, they'll have to be able to attach things that other classes cannot have, which also means mechanical parts, like a gun uh, yeah. or cannon or something, you know, flamethrower. Yep, and why whatever said the consciousness is in the artifact. Yeah, my wife in the lore is walking around with a destroyed head. Mm-hmm. And Cornson, white, flesh golem. Why not six arms and four legs? Better stability and more close-range fighting power. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and Although I wonder... we can't even count the legs there, to be honest. Yeah, it, yes. One, it two, looks like three, four. four, five, six, seven. Don't know what these are. That's clearly arms, but God knows it does. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's way too early. Um, I know it's way too early, but I wonder if, like... Yeah if we went the mechanical route, like if there'd be a benefit to having mechanical legs versus flesh legs or, mm. or something like that. They'd be very circumstantial. The differences on which would be more benefit. Oh, Wyvern Tamers there saying, uh, Frankenstein's monster comparison keeps popping up, but isn't really a good one. Uh, drop out uh, tried to drop out Frankenstein tried to create life the alchemists explicitly didn't this is true but this is just a way to explain it to normies that don't exactly know the way we're <laughs> we're going we're going along with this idea like uh, Frankenstein was the story of a doctor putting together a construct and bringing it back to life these were clearly never alive this is manifesting and animating an abomination that probably shouldn't have existed. Yeah. Cobbled together from the minds of mad scientists, alchemists, and later on uh, with the assistance of liches, most like. I think there's a solid comparison. They just have different um, beginning and end results. 
Mm, but the, the core concept is similar. The, the well, idea behind it, yeah, the actions towards it and where we go with it is, I think, where the difference comes in. Now, only, only drop out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some stuff here that a lot of people may not have seen in quite a while. That hornet head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, right? It's interesting For how anyone this not knowing this is the gas tack. Yeah. It's interesting it's interesting to see the skull fused with the crown. I I like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Did anyone notice the two different crowns are the two different dead house because the old one and the new one? Oh well, yeah. no. <laughs> I haven't seen these images. These images I haven't seen. This was Nagaz or how he was going to look. That's not too great. I think there. I think the Revenant is also the one class that I'm really I don't want to say not interested in, but I I just I don't know. I don't have a strong... It'll be slightly more than your average tank class. Yeah. Mm. Essentially. Manifestation of pure rage. Darkened armor, burnt silver look. They look like 3D. Get the Malorum look, huh? <laughs> I do like the design bit here, though, the way there's like the different iterations of it. Mm -hmm. And then... The weapon. Yes. And the weapon has a story of its own. Hmm. It almost looks like that's a key slot somehow. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. Could it be the opening to unlock the pocket world within? If there is even a way to do so? We can also I see a triangle. Notice there's, a, there's a little bit of a t-shirt I got on here at the moment, and there's a little bit of a... Yeah. Like, it definitely looks like something would, like, do, 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 do. facet into it. Like, it could be, like, a gem or um, so some sort of artifact or something. Mm -hmm. That see, one could not say random lines, not just random lines. Look, intentionally drawn. Never, they're never just random. <laughs> oh, it, it literally says wider portal hole right there. Oh, daddy's <laughs> hammer. Hey, sailor. <laughs> Rage doesn't seem like the best thing for a tank when you're drying, when you're the one that meant, meant to assume all the punishment to distract from everyone else while dishing out extreme damage yeah uh, i can't wait to see how i can uh, spec the revenant into the overwhelming damage dealer instead of the tank roll oh yeah well they won't be classical tanks in any sense because none of the classes are classical roles by any stretch of the imagination mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think that's where i might find my um, home in the revenant is just being mm -hmm. able to just deal as much damage as possible, swinging a big sword or a hammer, just wiping out 20, 20 different enemies all at the same time, something like that. <laughs> this was not forged by mortal or undead. By a god? Gameplay-wise, I am hoping that the Revenant, in order to maintain his strength in battle, requires him to do a lot of damage. I'm hoping for that just to keep things agitated 
And then we get the big daddy himself. The big daddy. Oh my god. See, this is what I was talking about. It looks like he's literally just sitting on a throne at a pillar. Oh, yeah. he is sitting on a throne at a pillar. It's just water wear. Yeah. Because, look, there's other pillars here. We're surrounded by candlelight. I love to see the revenants with sailor, <laughs> sailor's silver nails. Hmm. <laughs> Why is he talking about that? <laughs> I have no idea. The design, yeah, we have to constantly be dealing damage or be damaged. Yep. The description makes it sound like this is going to be somewhat the play style. Uh, and if not the main play style, I'm sure we're going to be able to customize it in a way that it becomes so. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I have a feeling we'll get some interesting abilities with the Revenant. Because, like, if you take a look at the idea of how the vampire works is kind of like running through all of them. Then we heard about the lich and the magic system. So I feel there will probably be some type of rage system to go yeah. with the revenant and maybe a hunger system to go with the ghoul. So like a manageable area. Ah, it's from sailor's world anvil. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, That's what quite a few people to. mentioned stories from World Anvil here. Wyvern Tamer mentioned his uh, story in World Anvil. Sailor also mentioned. Well, um, for anyone that's listening and doesn't know Zan, now's your time to plug. <laughs> yeah, okay. So World Anvil is a platform for managing world building of RPGs, especially tabletop RPGs. But that house... Uh, is a part of it, and that has as a narrative-driven story, as a narrative-driven game, and it has its own page in World Anvil, and people can participate and help build that world by submitting entries, articles, with uh, stories of their own, and you don't need to specifically do a story, you can also just help build the lore in everything involved. So if you go to the, the Dead House Sonata's World Anvil page, you will find the scribe submission section in the world codex. In, the, in there, we got a, quite a few categories already, characters, conflicts, organizations, locations, items, poems, and these are all the categories that people have submitted things already, uh, but there will be more coming as people create them. And there are quite a few interesting things. Uh, Sailor Midgard created a article called Silver Coffee Nail, which is for a tarot card, one of the skills in the game available. And he made it for the Revenant, and he he put the link on, on the chat, yeah. and you can follow it there. Do click on that because nearly everything I've seen so far. Actually, I don't think I've seen anything submitted to the World Anvil that wasn't well worth reading. Yeah, from the community, they've all done so good. So, like, I've been writing as well myself. I have not submitted it yet, but I need to up my game. I need to yeah. up my game. I'm, to keep up I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I'm right there, and I'm just working on stuff and then submit hopefully hopefully when things for me have settled down a little bit i'll be able to submit now submit. we couldn't finish without having our final class so oh, you know who one. we've all run through yeah <laughs> who have we missed well we missed the banshee plug your ears 
bingo. Here's our girl right here. Now, the Banshee is Nerex definitely in my five. top seven. So, here. <laughs> it does seven. <laughs> There's the style. I like the idea the way they have this. Where it's like, this is the way the character looks in physical. And then mm -hmm. when they move to, like, the other form, is it magical? Ethereal. Ethereal. Yeah. Into their, yeah. They go, they completely change. I think that I think that's cool that I think out of all the classes we have, it's the one that um, drastically changes between states, or at least has been shown to uh, mm -hmm. drastically change between oh, states. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do like the design where they went. Like, we didn't just go for standard lady in white, you know? Yeah, and it, they're all, it's all really good. Like, this is definitely the design, like, just up close there. Here's Kiva. You might recognize her from a certain book. <laughs> is she the one that's mentioned in the of Banshees, or is that just a normal average one? Do we know that? Hard to say. Hard to say. I, I thought it was just in general, but I could be wrong in that. It's very cool how for every class they took many inspirations from real life stories. And mm -hmm. I believe you, Mike, will probably be the best person to talk about the Banshee. Oh, Irish. yes. Okay, so where do we start? This is where Mike needs to make sure he doesn't turn into a revenant. Yeah, Banshee or female. So I know a lot of people <laughs> like or dislike the whole like uh, gender locking of class. Normally, I wouldn't be in favor of it, but um, I'm sorry. Uh, Banshee means a female fairy. Not the floaty little wings fairy, but the other people, the dark ones. <laughs> the dark, the other crowd, as we call them, the other ones in Irish folklore. They would be, uh, in our folklore, the Fae or Anshida, you don't go near them. Like, you wouldn't want to have anything to do with them. Think of them as the other kind, the other world. Very similar to how you would view Deadhouse. They're... These beings that you wouldn't want to have anything to do with. It was Disney that ruined fairies and turned them into like cute little <laughs> sprites with wings that have grant wishes. No, that was never part of the folklore. And then of the great clans in Ireland, uh, they would be associated with having a kinship with Anshida, Nashida. Uh, these clans who would have normally been descendants of high kings of some fashion. Uh, would be marked by the wail of a banshee. So if someone in that family was going to die, it would usually be like the elder of the clan, again, who would have been descendant of the high king. The whole family would know because they would be tormented by the wail of a banshee before it happens. This is very similar to the idea of the Viking mythology, whereby people would have a vision of Odin before they die. He would come personally to claim certain warriors or the Valkyr, the Valkyrie would come to claim particularly great warriors. So if they seen that, they knew death was coming. This is our version culturally. Historically, it's usually a fox crying in a field, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> it's normally a baby fox because I don't know how many of you live out in the countryside or maybe had an experience with this and all like that. But if you hear a baby fox crying for its mother out in the field, it does remarkably sound like a person crying, like hmm. weeping and wailing. It's very, very similar. It, you, we're online. We're on the Internet. YouTube. You can find it easy enough. So, uh, but so yeah, you so know what the culture, fox says. 
that that was beautiful, dude. That was a beautiful turnaround troll comment. That that was my hats off to you. That was good. Yes, I do know what the fuck. So. But yeah, so in our folklore, yeah, it would be a female fairy, a ban. Now, that would also imply older, not necessarily hag, but older female, ban. Mana is Mana being female, but Ban being older woman, usually uh, married or has children rather than hag or crone in that type of situation. So on Ban, she is basically the woman fairy, the one that would come crying after the male, the mourner. And yeah, uh, absolutely horrifying in our folklore. Uh, if someone, if you showed an Irish person this, is this what the Banshee looks like? You'd be like, yep. That's it. No idea what dead house, but yeah, that's that's what they see. The image is usually of a what like the most like if you mention it to like a lot of the older Irish folk, they would have an image of a woman in a long flowing dress, usually down near a lake or by the wall. It would be near the house, but not like literally right outside. It could be on the roof. It could be like two fields over sitting on the wall, combing their hair, crying and wailing. And yeah, this is exactly where it is. I don't know where we went with the water bit. I think, like as Zan mentioned before, there's influences from a lot of different stuff uh, culturally in Deadhouse. They take from a lot of lore, like the ghouls being partially Wendigo Mm -hmm. inspired. Not directly, but there's part of that. The same way as Whites, there's partially inspired with like Frankenstein along with other stuff. I do think there's a little bit of elements of La Llorona or how do you how would you say that, Sam? Your languages are better than mine. I'm not sure what you meant there. Uh, it's um, it's a Mexican one. My Spanish is horrible. You see, uh, of a woman who she's like literally another ghost of a woman in white who's all wet and goes and like kidnaps children and drowns them. Huh. I really wouldn't know. Never heard of something. Really, like that. there was a new movie out <laughs> a little while ago, actually, specifically called that. La Llorona, La Llorona. Uh, I know how it's spelled. I just can't pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I speak English, Irish, and uh, drunk Irish. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bishop? Have you ever heard of that legend? Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly a wyvern tamer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like usually the things how that I know. The Irish guy heard more about the American traditional stuff than the two people that live in America, in the continent of America, North and South. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like La La Llorona, Llorona. Yeah. Oh, sailors got us there, and so is Safi La Llorona pronounced Llorona. Yeah, sailors got it. La Llorona, which literally means crybaby in Spanish. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I can see in this because, like, our banshee wouldn't necessarily be wet, but there is that kind of thing to it here. It's kind of got like a wet kind of look. Mm-hmm. She looked damp, but that could be the crossing over of the veil. Remember in the story with Alaric, like he crossed through this veil that he described as looking like water. Yes, I might have misinterpreted that mm-hmm. at some point, but it seems to me that the role of the undead god, or the god of the undead, anyway. Uh, it's submerging liquid, like it, you were underwater. It doesn't need to be water necessarily. People can breathe in it in the world, but that's what it seems like. It some type of ethereal, magical. Who knows? Yeah, 
Yeah, and the banshees are usually portrayed in in, in the art we've seen as being wet, coming out of water. Yeah, as Safi says, her gown seems like it is pouring on her body. Yep, you can see there like that. Although that again, I just love the style in which they painted this, the color, like the fact that this is a two D picture, but they so accurately represent like the shadow and shading of this being a veil with the legs under it, like stepping forward, as opposed to just being a flappy. They have done, this group has done amazing. Yeah, they're very good. And the blood on the mouth pretty much says everything you need to know. <laughs> I love that though, the fact that it's just along there. So you're trying to think, is that from eating a meal or has the flesh been stripped there or what is Oh it? yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of unsure. You would think if it was eating, it has to be flesh. Because if it was eating, you'd think there'd be blood everywhere But do else. they need to eat? Do they need to consume? I don't I don't know. Why not both? Why not mm-hmm. both? It's I, not passing over. It's passing through the membrane of reality into another dimension. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I honestly don't know. I do think I I'll play a banshee. I'm not greatly interested in them character wise because I I I'm not good at playing squishy characters. Mm-hmm. Any game I need to play the heavily armored one because I will get flattened very quickly. <laughs> Maybe it was just a vicious kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, Safi. Um, uh, but I am interested in Kiva and the lore surrounding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with the Necro Liberitas, there's a hint on what is the start of Dead House. For anyone that hasn't read it, you need to definitely go check that out. Deadhousesonata.com forward slash lore. That's where you need to be looking and reading. Although I have a weird feeling we might be able to, uh, there might be some more lore coming down the line, or so I've been led to believe. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be very, very interesting. I wonder why the Banshees are the herald of the Dead House God. Why did he chose them or if he created them? I don't know. They seem to be the ones he created from what I gathered. The rest of them aren't. So vampirism is a curse from the Red Lady Mm -hmm. or a gift depending on what way you want to look at how it began. Uh, Revenants are revenge spirits. Wraiths are tormented spirits. Liches are scholars that have gone beyond. Ghouls are cannibals. Whites are constructs. The Banshee is the only one that's not really from here. Like technically the white isn't either because it was created from another dimension, but like the Banshees literally did not exist here. They have stepped through from another reality, another dimension. Still, someone had to build the portals where they come from. Ah, that's the interesting bit with uh, this particular dark god, but who knows how many? Mm -hmm. Well, we do know that there's there's six six. warring, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like there's at least that's six. that's six major dark gods but who knows what we go with in regard to minor gods the same are way they as all... minor houses demigods we do are they know all there's assumed... angel and demons are they all assumed to be dark gods 
Whites are this dimension blended. Banshees are that dimension normal. True. That was a good point, Bishop. Um, if I were to guess, I'd say that most of the happens in the Malorum universe is going to be arc grim. So I'd say most of them are, if not evil, at least uncaring for people. They would only care for people as far as they could help them further their goals. Oh yeah, I believe they'd be Lovecraftian in nature where like humans as creatures, as beings and as entities are completely inconsequential. Even less so that we might view ants. Mm -hmm. Like they, they have their own particular drive and agenda. Although I am really interested in that Seven Sons of Twilight bit. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that gets very interesting because there there are ones directly interfering in the affairs of mortals for reasons we don't know probably just wanting influence uh, that's what all gods are always wanting but to what end Zan? to what end yeah <laughs> that's a little bit above, above us and to that end, that is going to be us wrapped up for today. Uh, we were not be able to be joined by Calypso today, unfortunately, as someone has been very busy. But he will be back again on her on our next run. So, is there anything else you guys want to say to wrap up before we go? I don't. I don't think so. Uh I want to say that next week we should be discussing a little bit World Anvil in the official stream. So if you guys mm -hmm. are interested, now is a great time to submit your articles because we might just feature or talk about them uh, on the official stream. So mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have been doing. Definitely. And even if you're not submitting something, just, just head on over to the World Anvil page. You can link to it from deadhousesonata.com. Uh, it is definitely worth checking out. Especially yeah. if you can't get enough of the like lore that's in the Necro Liberitas, there's so much more over there that is it's, fantastic. It's a very, it's a very consolidated space for all the different things, because you can just click on like items if they exist or characters or something like that, and just kind of go down the list. So, and it does also have all the lore there too. Yeah, it's still being set up with the official lore, but the official lore was going to be there. And it's possible that eventually we'll get some even exclusive stuff that shows up there and nowhere else. And okay. if you want to discuss any article in particular, there is a comment section. It's a little bit obscure, but at the end of every page, you have a comment section and you can also like and follow uh, the article and the authors. Fantastic. And like we said, don't forget to check out deadhousesonata.com helps to keep up to date on everything you can follow myself at twitter on pardon me on twitter at the faceless mike you can check out deadhouse at deadhouse game on twitter you can follow golden zan on twitter at golden underscore zan and also make sure to follow bishop on twitter on twitch on absolutely all of his social media and definitely get the get the twitch plug shout out there bishop because uh you might have some interesting stuff coming over the next few weeks with your new setup oh yeah that's true <laughs> I, hopefully hopefully i'm starting my goal is to start streaming again tomorrow so and start getting back into that cycle and, and uh schedule so don't forget to check him out 
and we shall catch you all next week. We will hopefully see you all on Wednesday for the official Deadhouse live stream. And we hope to catch you next week here on Deadhouse Whispers. See ya. Thank you all for coming. Bye-bye.